Welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast, the show dedicated to helping seven-figure plus store owners build incredible businesses and amazing lives. And along those lines, man, I'm getting a good uh, kind of increasing my worldview here in the amazing life department in Boston with community manager Patrick Ryan. Patrick, welcome. Thank you. Great yeah, to be here. You're from the Boston area. So I guess yeah, Vermont. So it's considered kind of the Boston, New England area. New England, yes. maybe it's better. But you, uh, I, I've never spent any time in. Boston proper, and you kind of you took me around, man. We just got done with like a really like an authentic Boston chowder <laughs> dinner, right? Dude, like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, that wasn't a spot on accident. Uh, no, <laughs> but this is a cool city. It is a cool city, and, and Andrew had his first real New England clam chowder, some nice broiled seafood. So we gave him the real experience, not the you know chain restaurant experience. Yeah, and it's uh, of course we're here for Clavio Boss, which is yes. Clavio's. A big conference for for the year. Clavio, thank you for having us. They put on a really good show. Man, it was like seven hundred attendees, almost a thousand a thousand people with the team there. I uh, got to meet with a lot of friends. A lot of people came in. Yeah, they they took good care of us. Had some great sessions, which we're going to talk about. And of course, in this episode, we're talking about kind of our our big takeaways from the conference, things we learned and want to implement, and just thinking about. We also had a, a meetup a couple last night for for our members. We did. Thanks very much for the twenty or so community members who showed up. We had a great time and ended up. Some of us missed the Clavio party altogether because we stayed and chatted all night. So it was great. Great to see all you. Great to meet you. So thank you for coming. Yeah, it was right across the. I mean, we good. There's a couple of stragglers that definitely stuck around. We were like right across the street from it and so a bunch of people went over there and they came back when it was done and it was uh yeah it was fun that we were people were there till like what like 11 yeah 12 o'clock two hour meetup to a seven hour meetup we went from 5 30 <laughs> to some people stick around till 12 30 <laughs> it's great so if you if you came out for that thank you uh love having you in the community and that was a lot of fun so <laughs> so we're gonna jump in here with our, our big takeaways from the conference before we do, though, got to say a big thank you to our sponsors. I think I think it makes sense to probably mention Clavio first, <laughs> given this is their conference. <laughs> yeah, thank you. If you're out here, you know all about them. They released a bunch of new features that we'll talk about. You know, well, we we'll talk about them now. Ability to some of the new ones they released. Ability to segment your list and sent uh, by by delivery the deliverability time, like the best times to deliver. All sorts of things. Is that Steve Chu? I believe that is door? Steve Chu. Okay, he can wait for a little bit. So <laughs> ability to deliver by gender, male or female, which which was had some cool increases in clicks. The ability to send time, like optimize send time for, for local delivery time that, that maximized your clicks. Anyway, a lot of cool stuff they released. And so we'll talk about throughout the episode a little bit. But if you're not using them, you can check them out or clavio.com forward slash ECF. So thank you, Clavio, for having us and also for sponsoring the show. And then secondly, for Liquid Web, who has the best place online to host your WooCommerce store. So if you have a WooCommerce store or WordPress store, but especially WooCommerce, these guys will save you time and especially headache. So they'll handle your upgrades, security. They make running your WooCommerce store faster. The whole environment is architected to make WooCommerce just a pleasant experience, which is not always the case Patrick, as you know, when you're dealing with open source software. <laughs> right. It's, uh, it pays to have a, a host that knows what they're doing. Yeah. So anyway, you can get started with them and check them out at ecommercefield.com forward slash liquid web. So was that Steve Chu at the door? We're recording this in, in the hotel. It sounded like it, but we're, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep the bolt, bolt on the door. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we had a podcast with him earlier today and, you know, you, there's some people you don't think you can push 
too far and then you, <laughs> you realize maybe maybe you were wrong about that i felt like that's how we were with steve yeah i uh, I, I just met the guy yesterday and i'm ganging up with everybody else i kind of feel bad now <laughs> i love it i love it so let's jump in takeaways i'll go ahead and and let you st- or actually i'll start here since i've got uh, maybe one more but so the first one and i'll just touch on this real quickly the very opening they had a chart and i wish i would have followed up on this but it was a it was a chart that showed kind of a cyclical wave pattern. And it represented for businesses where businesses get their business from. So, and it was either their own directly to customers or from major channels. And, and I think it, it spanned decades. And I'm not sure how they measured it, but I thought it was really interesting because it showed a really oscillating pattern between periods of time where businesses depend on very large channels to funnel out of their business and then periods of time where they get it directly themselves. And I think most of us know pretty clearly that we're in a time right now where there's a, a lot of dependence on channels. But it was interesting for me to see that historically that has not always been the case. Just like there's a business curve, just like interest rates fluctuate. That's something that that has oscillated as well throughout uh, throughout history, which to me was encouraging. So it, it, yeah, that means maybe we can have more control of our data ourselves in the next century. You know, who knows? But yeah, it's, it is encouraging. Anyway, and again, I know without a whole lot of details, that's yeah. I wish I would have had some more, but I thought it was interesting. So nice. over to you, Patrick. So we did. So. I mean, obviously, it was an email conference, so we talked a lot about tips and tricks and some of the presentations on how to optimize your email delivery. And a few of the points that stood out to me were. You know, have fun with your email subject and the sender too. People were making up names for their sender, like having funny names for the sender of the email and, and emojis apparently work great in the subject line, which not everyone uses. Can you give an example when you say funny from names? What do you mean by that? Uh, well, example. we were joking about it on Steve's podcast and I won't, I won't, I won't give him any more grief, but like, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, people were like saying from, you know, from the heart of darkness at, you know, company.com or something really funny that not only was funny, but it drew people's attention in their inbox. Right. And also, and, and also the, it would potentially could be changed to match the subject or the tone of the email, right? Correct. Correct. Right. And so you could customize that. So yeah, I thought that was something we could certainly implement right away by, you know, changing some funny names for our e-commerce fuel, Friday fuel or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, just, just to see what kind of effect it is. But that was an interesting point to me. Andrew picked it up earlier about the, the send time, you know, it necessarily isn't what you think the best send time is. Uh, you can really test it with Clavio to see what works the best. You know, you send out the test figure out that your customers like morning email better. So you send it to morning and it's a local time. So the West Coast folks will get it three hours later than the East Coast folks, which I thought was a no brainer. Yeah. And for us, it's all built into their platform. But even if you're not using Clavio, like just, and it's hard to do this on your own, but like, I, I, we just, I'll speak for myself here. We kind of have different, sometimes we'll send different, you send the Friday fuel a lot. I'll do some other parts of email, but I always just kind of get locked into the habit of sending it this time. And I, I do a horrible job of even doing any kind of testing on on optimization for that, yeah. you know, which is which is rough. And then also on the email side, I'm going to piggyback on this, on one of your points. I think it's, one thing I realized was there was a guy I was talking to this weekend, shout out to Kurt from the Unofficial Shopify podcast, I was chatting with him and he said, hey, I'd love to get on your newsletter. I was like, oh, great. I said, just go to ecommercefield.com. And he said, well, where's, where do I sign up for your newsletter? And then Steve Chu is calling. <laughs> <laughs> on the phone is a flight to catch. Should we? Should we? We probably should. Yeah. Should, no, he's good. <laughs> I think we're okay. All right. Apologies about that. Patrick just pulled a, a fantastic stunt, scaring the the snot <laughs> out of Steve Chu in the hallway, and he's joining us now. Although may or may not be loud on the mic, given he has a vendetta against us, and, <laughs> and we're going to control speech. But anyway, yeah, I was, was talking about. So to get back to the point about uh, just UX and deliver and, and, and email, there was someone who wanted to join the e-commerce field pod, or the newsletter rather, get on the email list, and asked how to do it. I said, I just go to the website. You can do it. They went to the website 
couldn't find, there was no pop-up, they couldn't find a way to do it. Went to the blog, the subpage for the blog, still couldn't find it. Had to go into a blog post, scroll all the way to the bottom, click the link to join it. So we're at three or four clicks at this point, plus scrolling, and it still didn't work. You know, and so I think it's, I think it's easy to go in, make big changes, do massive redesigns, and then let stuff sit for three or four years and slowly crumble. And it's just, it's a really good reminder for me. I mean, it's embarrassing uh, at first, but it's a good reminder to go back and check for the stuff that's really important, like an email list and make sure, you know, not decaying away right under your nose. Yeah. I think that's, that's the, the, the fault of many people is they build a brand new website and they test it great. But you know, a year later, that same thing may not be working at all. And you really got to be on top of it all the time. Yeah. And the other thing too, I don't know about, about you guys, Patrick, but I am on my laptop, like probably 80% of the time for doing real work. I'll quickly check in on, on a, on a mobile device, but almost all my work is on a laptop. And so like, you know, you look at Google and they've shifted to a, a, a mobile first index is how they're, they're, they're crawling the web. And I mean, that website that we have now is, is definitely not mobile first optimized and it's, you know, something we need to fix too. So yeah. And their, and their amp, their amp, you know, that kind of structure for a blog especially is really important. And that's something we don't have, obviously. Yeah, can so, you talk about that a little bit more? What do you mean? Basically the accelerated mobile pages help pages render faster on mobile. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it requires a little bit of work. I mean, you're hiding a lot of the JavaScript and a lot of the code to get it to render faster. And it, it doesn't take much work for WordPress, but it's really important because Google uses it as a huge ranking factor now. Yeah. So anyway, some work that we uh, we need to do on the <laughs> on the dot com Add side. That's my things. list, right? <laughs> yeah. We just did, totally overhauled the back end with the private community. And now we got to do that the front face. Yeah. Yep. All right. So back to you, Patrick. So we were talking, Andrew mentioned it a little earlier about the, the gender-based emails, how A-B testing, you know, send send the female audience, female-specific imagery and male audience, male-specific imagery could really boost the, the open rate or the the click-through rate of, you know, by 8 to 10%, which I thought was a huge number. Just well, I think they said 30%. Oh, was it 30% on that yeah. one? Yeah. It was, I mean, it was yeah. a lot, a huge factor. So just switching out some imagery, maybe a little bit of text can really have a huge effect. Yeah. So an example, if you're selling, I think the, one of the examples they used was, was sheets. If you're selling sheets, just changing, if you know male versus female, uh, or have a rough idea, sending like blue sheets to the the male audience versus I don't know, like like yellow sheets maybe to the female audience, just increases that that sense. And again, obviously you're, you're stereotyping widely here, but it's you know, it's thirty percent increase in, in clicks is pretty huge. Yeah, yeah, and even just just the model in the picture, like if you're a male wearing boots or a female wearing boots, can really you know they identify with the customer. And, and I think yeah. that's that kind of leads into my next point is you know, really get to know your customer and what they want and what they like. And, you know, there's one, one presentation we saw where they, they actually singled out a, a customer every month and their whole staff got to know the customer, took a picture of the customer, put the customer on their wall, knew their, you know, lifetime value and all about them, how they ordered. And I think many people just look at the numbers and not the actual person behind the numbers. Yeah. And they did, I think it was, this was Ministry of Supply. Yes. And they, for this customer, actually it was pretty gutsy. Whoever, I can't remember who presented it, but uh, shout out, they put the, the customer up there, the lifetime value up on the screen. And I think they did something like they even, they found out what that customer liked and went to their gym and hooked up like a special rate for them or a special deal, which is pretty cool, right? And so, you know, just nurturing your, your raving fans uh, personally one-on-one -on -one in a really cool way, but also getting to do, and I, we talked about this and then we were thinking like, we should do this for our community members. Like we know a lot of them already, but maybe once, once a week for 15, 30 minutes, hop on the call, a call with a new member, an established member, just to get to know them a little bit better and talk to them and make it like a, a part of our workflow every week. Yeah. Yeah. It'll only take us, you know, a thousand weeks to get to know them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Banhold, Derek Banhold, it's a longtime ECF member, gave the, the closing keynote, did a great job, had lots of energy, loved hearing his story. And he, one thing he said at the end was, you know, 
We talked about building an off Amazon brand, but also talked about building a brand with a diverse revenue mix, you know, and so he's got a pretty good mix between their own, you know, where their traffic and revenue comes from. And he said, it's definitely doable. And you're obviously you have more independence and you have less channel risk, but he also said it takes a lot longer to do, right? And so I wonder in general, if people who stick around for a while going forward and are going to have businesses totally built on major platforms that, you know, keep making it more expensive, I wonder if we're going to see a world where you have a lot of smaller, I think you're already seeing this in places like, like Bill D'Alessandro, a good friend of the podcast, would tell you that uh, you already see this in spaces like the consumer products, goods brands, like or, or, or skincare, things like that, where you're seeing a lot more niche brands that are smaller and don't maybe aren't getting enormous, but they have cult followings. I think you'll probably see that with e-commerce where you have a lot of smaller independent brands with a lot of personality that maybe don't scale as long if they're going to stick around for five or 10 years and a hollowing out of kind of the middle of e-commerce. And then you have Amazon on the other side. Yeah, maybe because I think people want to sell on Amazon to get their growth, but they're not thinking long-term if what if that channel disappears and they're not building the core of their business to really sustain for the long haul. Yeah. So I got one more, but you want to do... No, uh, that was that was I got all I got. So that's all you got? Yeah, so my, my last one was, and this is not a tactical one by any means, but it was something that was wildly inappropriate that happened at the conference that involved Steve Chu. Potentially for the first time ever, Steve was not at fault. I'm not going to rip on you. This is the one of the few times... <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the few times that that I will pass up an opportunity to give you a hard time. But you were, and I'm not going to name names here, Steve, but you and, and Tony, your business partner, who's a female, was at, you were at an opening at one of the parties. And like, you just had an interaction with someone who was part of a, a kind of an emerging brand that was not, not a good experience. Like maybe a little too touchy-feely, did a few things that were borderline appropriate. And where, where, where are you going with this, Andrew? my point being that like when you go to a conference especially if you are part of a company or a brand like what you do i mean this that story has already gotten to even from you just i haven't told anyone outside what you mentioned but i mean even from you just mentioning a few people uh kind of privately there's six or seven people even you know even if they don't say anything it changes the way they view that entire company right it changes the way that they're interested in engaging with them or connecting with them or, or partnering up with them because of one thing that happened one night when maybe someone had a few too many drinks. Anyway, I just thought that was, I don't know. I thought it was a good reminder that like people notice stuff, you know, and like conferences, a lot of times you go out, there's parties, there's people having fun, you know, people are letting loose a little bit, which is not a bad thing, but like, you got to remember like the stuff you do, it, you know, it sticks around. It can have some pretty long lasting consequences. Don't worry, man. I'm not going to tell anyone what happened to you too. <laughs> I promise. I'm not going to spread anything. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But, <laughs> but you, in general, are straight as an arrow. I'm not straight as right? an arrow. Even when you're drinking. Actually, I've never seen you drunk before. I, I, you know, I've seen you kind of happy, but uh, yeah. you're pretty composed still. You never lose control, I, unfortunately, much to my dismay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what do you think? Do you think, and maybe, I, I kind of obviously didn't share names or anything. I should probably of course. Share. I mean, for me, it's been tainted just because of that one experience. Yeah. I guess it just depends on the level of relationship I already have with the person, mm-hmm. right? That's true. So this person, I, I don't know very well. So I met for like the second time, so. Right. So you mean like if you knew him really well and, and he or she. And like you... for example, if you got wasted and you did something stupid, I might post it on the blog and, <laughs> and talk about it on the podcast. But outside of that, I probably would just keep it to myself. Right. If you have a lot of data points, you know this is an anomaly for someone maybe, right? Versus knowing this is like, because if you only know, know someone and the second time you meet them, they do something wild, you know, inappropriate. Like you kind of, you kind of 
extrapolate out that that's who they are. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. someone like tried to convince a cop to give a ticket to someone giving a podcast on the beach, for example, that might be excusable. I would think that'd be very excusable. I mean, <laughs> not yeah. to mention hilarious, <laughs> <laughs> which may have may have been gone down in our past. Did you did you talk about that live on the podcast before? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So the podcaster in question was Mike Jackness. Uh, why don't you tell what happened? No, I, you started the story. I think right, you need I'll, to tell. Okay. So Andrew's a prankster. I don't know if all the listeners out there know this about you. Do they? I don't know. You, you're pretty straightforward on the podcast. I am a very serious person. Very serious on the podcast. So what Andrew Do not did, appreciate people joking around. So here's the thing. Mike was about to record a podcast talking about all the positive things from ECF Live. So very similar to this one. Very similar to this one. Yes. And he had all these good things to say. He was in the middle of recording and, and talking lots of praise about the event. But what Andrew did is he found a cop and he was like, hey, would you mind going over, tapping Mike, that guy right over there, Mike Jackness on the shoulder and telling, tell him that it's illegal to record podcasts on the beach and then write him up a ticket. No, it's illegal in California without a permit. Without a permit. Because right. in California, as much as I love many facets of the place, it tends to be a bureaucratic place. <laughs> Anyway, so the co- I don't know how you convinced a cop, an officer of the law, to agree to this, but the officer went over and then Mike freaked out. And then the first thing that Mike did was he said, Andrew is not responsible for any of this. I take all the blame. So what you're uh, saying is if I would have been a little bit sharper in the moment, I would have had the cop issue the ticket, get the $2,000, and then I could have pocketed it. <laughs> it would have been the, the, the very... Here's the thing. He was sticking up for you. <laughs> When the cop was over there too. Well, you sound like you have such a, you're, you're, you're talking for such a level of moral superiority when you have pranked Mike and other people probably more than I have. Okay, Andrew, I'm a good Chinese boy here. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I got a straight A's. Really? Um, really? I, straight as an arrow. Never if, did anything uh, for, bad. For community members listening, I will provide links in the show notes to the Men of Colorate, which is a very, I don't know if, Tasteful definitely is not the right word. Photoshop job that Steve did of Mike on some wildly inappropriate poses. Uh, and uh, <laughs> for proof that you are by no means a pranking angel. I don't know how that happened. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just found that stuff online. I mean, <laughs> you know, it just goes to show that what goes on the internet stays on the internet. You unless know what I mean? Unless it's in a private community. I mean, those are just so, some old pictures that I dug up. I wasn't looking, you know. We actually, we actually will put, put links to that because it's pretty hilarious. If you, <laughs> if you know Mike and you haven't seen this, it's... I uh, mean, there's a landing page and, and a sign-up form. Uh, <laughs> Do you have the URL? What's the URL for it? Do you know? <laughs> well, there was going to be an autoresponder sequence. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, anyway, we should probably wrap this up. The last 10 minutes, you got a lot of takeaways on mostly pranking people and inappropriate ways to, to behave. How did we go from talking about bad things to do at conferences to I'm pretty much... Steve, you and I just lumped each other into that group of like... Well, Steve walked in the door and there we go. It started. <laughs> <laughs> it was very professional and very to the point until someone walked in. So, but anyway, thanks for listening. I had a lot of fun here. Uh, Clavio, again, thank you for um, thank you for putting on a good event. We had a great time being out here and thanks to everyone who came out to our meetup last night. So, Patrick, any last words? It's great seeing everybody and a great conference. Thank you, Clavio, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Fantastic. And if uh, you are not part of our community for Seven Figure Store or Seven Figure Plus Store Owners, would love to have you. So you can learn more and uh, see how bad our email nurture series opt-ins are, if you want to see that, ecommercefuel.com. Learn more about the community. 
and, and how to, to uh, dive in and engage with other in the trenches store owners on our forums, at our events, and in our review directory where you can get proprietary intelligence on uh, what other store owners think about some of the software you may be considering. So thanks so much for listening and we will see you again next week. 